Welcome, everyone, to issue... Yeah, I have a cold, okay? Get over it. I, uh, I tested myself for COVID, uh, and multiple tests have happened in this house. All negative. So it's just normal, normal feeling horrible. And uh, even if I was truly afflicted, it's not like you could catch it from listening to this show. Uh, there are there are horrible things that can happen to you emotionally from listening to this, but uh, catching a virus is not one of them. Is this going to get like automatically flagged as like for COVID nineteen information? I feel I feel that the information I'm providing, which is that you're not going to get sick from listening to a podcast, is legitimate. Anyway, today we're at Amazing Spider Man issue twenty nine. Uh, with a big title bar that says, whatever you do, wherever you go, never step on a scorpion. Good advice. Just, uh, you know, this issue also happens to feature the uh, Spider-Man baddie, the scorpion. But, you know, just in general, Stan, that's, uh, that's not bad advice. Don't step on a scorpion. Uh, in inside on the title, the first page, it's like, Never step on a scorpion, or you think it's easy to dream up titles like this? And then we've got the little description here. On the surface, this may seem to be a superhero action thriller, but if you probe down deep, if you analyze each subtle nuance, if you dissect each philosophical phrase, if you study each non-existentialistic -ex panel, you'll discover that it actually is a superhero action thriller. I'm like, was Stan bored that day? Was he just like, fuck you? Here's a description for your stupid comic. Jesus. Why do, why do I gotta be responsible for this all the time? Or maybe it was like, never step on a scorpion, or you think it's easy to dream up titles like this. That's like the uh, comic titling version of, you know, when, you, when you're in middle school and you have to write an essay about something, and so you're like, I'm gonna write an essay about why it's dumb to write essays. Anyway, we, we join the action of Peter Parker deciding to buy some clothes, and he goes to the bank, and then is like, shit, clothes are expensive, and it's crowded, I guess I'll shop later. I don't know why, I guess it's like, there must have been a, a style guide. You know how people will say, like, romance novels all have do this by page this, do that by page that. I wonder if Spider-Man had a style guide that was like, look, show Peter Parker first, or Spider-Man. But anyway, the Scorpion escapes from jail, um, which is, you know, his plan is basically he rips the iron bars out of the jail cell and flies out the window. Although he does explain a little bit, at least, um, that what he did is after they captured me, I outsmarted them by pretending to crack up. They returned my costume to me in order to calm me down. So at least I guess there's some explanation of why in the world they would return <laughs> they would return a supervillain's costume to him the thing is with the scorpion is his costume is like his you know his superpower of having a scorpion tail is kind of costume based right 
So I don't know. That seems like if I was in jail and then I was like, I'm going to pretend to have a psychotic episode and be like, you know, what would really calm me down is a pistol. And then they give it to me and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to use this to break out of here. You know what would really calm me down is explosives that would be perfect to knock out this wall and keep me safe enough to escape. That, if I could just have that, I think I would feel much better. Uh, we cut to J. Jonah Jameson, who's uh, talking about a cat burglar who's, you know, prowling around. And we have uh, sometimes love interest Betty Brant, who's talking to the returned from Europe Ned Leeds. So this is our this is our love triangle happening here, um, but then a cop runs in and is looking for J. Jonah Jameson, and the cop says, "Mr. Jameson, I've been looking for you." And Jonah says, "Now look, officer, I put a dime in the meter. I can prove it." And then the cop goes, "It's nothing to do with parking this time," which, uh, saying this time indicates that this has happened probably more than once before where a cop had to come up to the office of like a wealthy publisher and be like, you didn't put a dime in the parking meter, uh, you know, and it's like, well, this time it's not that oftentimes it is, but this specific time it's not. So that's something. Um, so it turns out the scorpion has escaped and they sent some police to protect Jameson. Now here's, what's funny about this. If you recall, uh, J. Jonah Jameson was basically the one who created the scorpion or, you know, is responsible for creating the scorpion. So he's like, but nobody else knows that. So he has to play it cool and be like, I probably don't need protection. Right. But then also not make the police go away. Um, so he has to be like, well, if you think I need protection, if that would make you feel better, I guess that's fine. I think I'd be OK. You know, he has to play it cool like that. But really, he's sweating it big time. And it's like, um, he he has to come up with a plan to basically make Spider-Man show up to save him from the scorpion. Because he's like, the scorpion's going to show up. We know this to be true. So I got to do something to make sure that Spider-Man comes and saves my ass. So he's like, I got to come up with a plan. This is a, a great J. Jonah Jameson issue. Because it's very much like J. Jonah Jameson is having his own sort of sitcom spinoff separate from what Spider-Man is doing. J. Jonah Jameson is the George Costanza of Spider-Man comics where he has a plan. He has an idea. He makes this scorpion and then it backfires on him horribly. So then he has to get Spider-Man to come to save him from the scorpion who he created to stop Spider-Man. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, that's where that's headed. And uh, Peter Parker's being a real dick to Betty Brant because Ned Leeds is back and she likes him. So Spider-Man's swinging around the city and there's <laughs> there is a great part where it's like, oh, it's Spider-Man. What's he swinging around up there for? I don't know. It's getting on my nerves. If you ask me, he's a professional nut. It's just people hating on Spider-Man for no real reason. But I, I do feel like this is realistic. You know, some people hate like certain celebrities, let's say, for no real reason. Right. I mean, like, I don't know. Celebrities make dumb decisions and do dumb things that I don't care for. But like, who fucking cares? Why am I like, oh, it pisses me off that so and so does that. 
I say this as the king of making that type of statement. Just know that I know that. I'm the J. Jonah Jameson of my own world. I guess a lot of people probably aspire to be like Spider-Man. And uh, I, I do as well. But some of us have to face the fact we're really the J. Jonah Jameson of our own world. So the scorpion is running around. He uses his, quote, scorpion-like tail to bounce. He kind of backs up to a building and then sproings off the building with his scorpion-like tail, as he calls it. Now, at this point, I think his tail looks a lot more like a kitty cat tail. It's just kind of a long, worm-shaped tail. There's no, uh, later on, there would be like a blade attached to it or something, which Here's what's funny about it to me is like, isn't the prominent feature of a scorpion's tail that stinger? Don't all of us who remember crying over the death of an ant in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids really remember that fucking, uh, that stinger? Isn't that the scary part? The fucked up part? So if you're going to name a character the scorpion and you're going to give him a scorpion-like tail, should it not have some kind of stabber or cutter or something on it? Now my guess is... They were like, well, what are we going to do? We're going to put a knife on the end of this? That, that seems like a comics code shit happening. So maybe maybe they're like, you know, it's a little bit like when you have the Ninja Turtles. And then whoever was animating and making that show was like, okay, well, you've got these guys with stabby weapons, and then you've got the guys with hitty weapons. So if they're going to fight men, they have to use the hitty weapons, right? You can't fucking chop someone's arm off with a sword. But if they're fighting robots, then it's okay to use the stabby weapons. So let's just be, let's just think this through. So anyway, Jameson, uh, his plan to lure Spider-Man in is basically like, uh, he publishes an article that says Spider-Man and the Scorpion are partners. And then some man on the street kind of outlines how this is supposed to work. The only way Spider-Man can prove he's not the Scorpion's ally is if he tackles him again. Which is kind of bullshit because... Saying, if he tackles him again, implies that this guy knows, okay, so the first time the scorpion came about, Spider-Man beat his ass. But uh, now, he's going to have to do it again in order to prove that he's not on the scorpion's team. What the fuck? How many times do you have to fight a guy to a standstill or defeat him and put him in jail before some dope who gives him a fucking superpower costume to get him out of jail? How many times do you have to go through this before you're like, okay... You know what? I think that they're not they're not friends. So Spider-Man's swinging around looking for the scorpion and then is like, oh shit, maybe he's going to J. Jonah Jameson's office, which he does, and they fight. For a couple pages, there's fighting, there's a bunch of shit getting destroyed. Um, you know, and then uh, it even said, where was this? Oh, he got, Spider-Man gets hit with this club-like tail tail-like club. Um, no sting, no whatever, you know. I don't know why that bothered me so much reading it this time, but it did. There's a, uh, on this uh, page where they're fighting, there's a great comedy cut where, um, so Spider-Man sees that Betty and Ned are like, you know, holding each other, and Ned is like, I'll look after Miss Brant. You concentrate on your fight, and watch out for that tail. And Spider-Man's like, oh, fuck you. Don't tell me how to do my job in his head. Um, and he's all mad, and he's running at the scorpion, saying, it's all the scorpion's fault. I'll pulverize him. Then there's a panel break, and in the next panel, Spider-Man has been thrown against the wall. 
And uh, Ned says, I told you to watch out for his tail. And Spider-Man says, ah, shut up. And his word balloon is upside down. Great comedy cut. Running in to, to pulverize him. And then uh, next thing you know, he's flying against the wall. Although Ned is being kind of a dick. He's like, watch out. Don't get hit by his tail. Oh, okay. And then he gets hit by the tail. And he's like, I told you not to do that. Maybe if I had spider pet. And it's like, fuck you, Ned. Okay, this is like telling a guy in, you know, World War One and trench warfare, like, have you ever thought about not getting shot? And then he gets shot and it's like, I told you not to get shot. Like, what the fuck? Uh, Spider-Man calls the scorpion a fink, which is pretty great. Okay, then Jameson is getting all pissed off um, and he's... Uh, Spider-Man is being thrown around and destroying all of Jameson's furniture. And he's just the best. I just really appreciate him on this, uh, this read through of these comics and am enjoying that. He's like, okay, he created a situation for himself because he, uh, hated Spider-Man. So then he made the scorpion. Then the scorpion was coming after Jameson. So then Jameson had to get Spider-Man to save him from the scorpion and then he's berating Spider-Man for destroying his furniture. <laughs> and then, um, so anyway, they fight, they fight. The Scorpion escapes and Spider-Man chases him. Jameson's yelling out the window and uh, posing for pictures. Like, you know, he was like a fearless, courageous, two-fisted publisher. You know what I mean? Among the wreckage and whatever. That's it. Take a lot of shots of me here in the ruins of the battle. <laughs> And then, you know, at the end, he's just like, Jesus, that was horrible. That was uh, terrifying. Um, but probably the best part is this thought balloon. Nobody has to know that I've been wanting to get rid of this old junk for years. Now the insurance will pay for a whole new setup. He's looking at all his trashed furniture. So he did all of these horrible things that had this terrible cascading effect and uh, comes out on top because he's going to get the new furniture he wanted for free. And, you know, he's going to pose himself as this two-fisted hero. Uh, J. Jonah Jameson is great. I just, you know, I know that in today's world, we're not fans of like a billionaire publisher who's making fake news, but uh, J. Jonah Jameson is the best. Um, Spider-Man makes bolos with his webs, which I think is a new power. We've been, we were cataloging like things he was doing with his webs for a while. And I think we got up behind that, or maybe they didn't uh, They didn't uh, do it so much anymore. But he makes a bunch of bolos. Somehow the scorpion and Spider-Man end up in the water. And it turns out, Spider-Man says, Even in the water, my natural agility makes it easy to dodge his pounding tail. So apparently Spider-Man is much better prepared for the water. Unlike uh, spiders that I've flushed down the toilet. Spider-Man, I guess this is where the man part comes in. The man can do okay in the water. Spiders don't seem to handle the water too well. So anyway, the Spider-Man nets up the scorpion and basically holds him under the water until he passes out, which seems like a risky maneuver. This is kind of like in uh, comics and stuff when they are like, I'll just simply knock this person out. And you're like, you realize that when you knock someone out, that's probably like the brain, their brain has hit the side of their skull and you could just kill them by accident super easily. And it's like, there's got to be a pretty thin line between like, okay, I've held this person underwater until they're unconscious, but they're not dead. <laughs> so 
So anyway, everything's uh, coming up, coming up okay for Spider-Man. J. Jonah Jameson is happy. Um, Betty Brant and Peter Parker are not happy. And then uh, Aunt May is going to make Peter a tonic, and then she has like a dizzy spell. Um, it made me wonder because she's like, you know, having these spells that she's ends up hiding from Peter Parker, and I'm like, I wonder if she was meant to die earlier in the series. You know, if she was meant to, uh, I don't know, like Peter Parker graduated uh, high school so early, right? And then like Aunt May being a frail ball and chain on Peter Parker's life is kind of a constant in comics, but maybe that wasn't always the plan. I don't know. But we leave our, our uh, wondrous web spinner and his gentle, loving aunt for the time being. And in the next issue, poor Peter will be plagued by problems from all sides. But it won't be as difficult as it sounds if you'll be there to share them with him. So you can support uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man by uh, reading and especially buying the next issue. So thus concludes our issue. I wish I honestly I was like, you know. Um, I did not appreciate this as a kid, so I can see why they didn't do it. But now I'm like, I think the hidden, the hidden comic here and like maybe Pete's dream writing project in comics would be to write a J. Jonah Jameson sitcom-esque comic book. I think that would be fucking hilarious. Um, he's just, he's the funniest character in the Marvel universe by far. And, uh, you could, you could make such a great, uh, movie with it too you get jk simmons back reprising his role who was yeah, a great j jonah jameson and uh go forward from there so you know get back into these if you feel like it and uh really uh really let yourself laugh at the antics of uh, publisher j jonah jameson Like a vine, look out! Here comes the Spider-Man.